Hey guys, welcome to episode 261 of the podcast with my soul sister, Jenny Jaffe. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Listen, we get deep into some mental illness shit. Oh yeah. I tried to make that sound really fun for everyone. Um, but uh, listen, this is what happens on my podcast. We get raw, especially when there's stuff that we both relate to on kind of an amazing level. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I think she's quite something and quite wonderful. Uh, I want to, I'm a little behind on shout outs, but I do want to alert people that uh, IFC will be releasing a sneak peek uh, first episode, I think, of Stand Against Evil. I say I think because I'm not, to- I th- I'm not totally sure if they're doing an episode out of order just for fun or if they're doing the... Um, the first episode of the season. But either way, you will get a sneak peek, uh, full episode of Stand Against Evil on Friday the 13th. Fitting. It's fitting. And you'll be able to get it on ifc.com. And I think that's sort of one of the main platforms um, that you'll just be able to watch it during that day. And if you get a chance to and you can and you want to tweet about it, you know what? It would make me look so good to my bosses at IFC. I'm so proud of our second season. It's so goofy. It's so goofy. Even if you're not a fan of horror stuff and you just like to laugh, like if you like the Simpsons, that's what it reminds me of. It's like live action Simpsons, Simpsons craziness. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, though that's kind of the main thing I want to tell you about other than other stand against evil stuff that's in my mind, which is that our series starts premiering, uh, regularly on November 1st. So that's it for now. Enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you soon. Now entering nerdist.com. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The embarrassment of loving your podcast. Like, I love my podcast as if it's my child. That's uh, so beautiful. But principally because... But then, like, it feels immediately weird to be like, stop. Stop having a meaningful conversation with me, human to human. I need to turn on the recorder so right. other people can hear it. When I first, It's a weird breaking point. Right. Well, when I first moved out here, I had the honest thought of like, I should have a podcast just so I can meet friends. Yeah. And then <laughs> well, I was listen, like, it works. But would I have to like put it out there? Would it be like this fake like podcast that's like, oh yeah, we're rolling. Uh-huh. What are your hobbies? <laughs> As there's just a blank, dusty computer in front of you. Yeah. Please don't look. Please don't. That please stay on your side of the... <laughs> plugged into a potato yeah it's very high tech chemistry right if you told me right now janet you don't know this but and i don't even think of myself as that gullible but if you said no you didn't do that in school like do you know that a potato has like a strange amount of electricity to it where like i mean yes it only works for about 30 seconds but you can definitely plug in a piece of electronics and it will work wait can you actually no but see now i'm like I, no, I, I was so bad. Well, are we recording? Oh, yeah, for okay, sure. So I failed. I don't know. I think I failed biology. Um, I think I failed chemistry, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really bad at math and science. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let's just separate. Let's tease this out. Right. Let's tease them apart for a second. Bad at or not interested in and therefore bad at? Bad at. And like, I think because I had no enthusiasm, like the enthusiasm for math was absent. So like wanting to do well has I've you discover has a tremendous amount to do with how well you do. But I liked the sciences and it was more of a struggle for me. But at least I had like 
I had mine also had like a huge crush on my teacher. So it would really help. I had that freshman year of math. It really helps. Yeah. It was the like only math class they did great in. You pay attention. Sit in the front of the room. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he lives in LA now with his like wife and down. Let's do it. We'll get him on here. Do you feel like the crush would sustain? How long has it been since you've seen this man? Um, Well, it was been freshman year of high school. So that's 13 years. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I probably not. I've told the story. I I did tell the story once, I think, on my podcast. Possibly I've referred to it more than once because it was a meaningful moment for me. But my dad had a party um, probably 10 years ago. uh, And like, this is not something my dad has ever done before or since. But he was just like, you know what? Let's have like, I'm shimmering my shoulders like he's like a gay man. He was like, let's have an open house. Let's you're home. You're home in Tucson. It's been long enough that you're like, a bunch of my friends haven't seen you for. They always ask about you. I think I had like recently gone on television for the right. first time. So he was very proud. Oh, and he really was like, cute. I'm just going to invite. And so it wasn't about inviting any of my friends. It was right. about my dad's friends come over and like poke at you. Totally. One of them for sure said, you're much thinner than you look on television. Oh, gosh. Which is like my dad is I'm from a <laughs> he's a public school teacher. There's nothing. But that sound doesn't that sound so bougie yeah, for someone to say? It's a very, it was it's a real very shock. Hollywood yeah. thing for somebody to say. I was like, oh, Tucson, Arizona. What's happened? Um, but he invited that teacher and, and I opened the front door and I hadn't seen him in a decade or whatever. Uh, and I opened the front door and I was like, still got it yep totally still have a huge crush on you and now the age difference seems super small but you're also married and have a child I had that with a college professor that like obviously nothing happened but I always like kind of had a crush on him and then I ran into him at like an alumni event and I still got all like yeah nervous and it was flutters you got the flutters good I feel like you had so you but yeah but you and so, so did you have enthusiasm for the sciences, but just not be able to kind of put the pieces together, or was in it more of a theory? <laughs> I think I'm. First of all, I'm being very careful about breathing into the microphone because I'm getting over like a sinus infection. I have this feeling that I'm going to be like snorfling, like into Ooh, the. It's going to be disgusting. Like, <laughs> 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 like I just don't want to do that. You don't sound congested at all. I, don't I feel like when I I sound like a foghorn when I've. I've definitely been snoring, and I definitely feel like. Uh, it's just occasional disgusting noises that like lurch forward mm-hmm. from my mouth. I, I welcome a snorful. Oh, good. Okay. Welcome it. That's uh, that's another podcast just called Snorfling with mm-hmm. Janet and Jenny. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think I had enthusiasm for it because I think I was so focused on English. Well, I think there were two things. And one one of the reasons is depressing. Um, but the I think... I was just really focused on the arts um, and was from a really young age. And then the other thing is that um, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but um, I've been very open about it with my nonprofit and that kind of thing. But I was severely depressed Mm. um, and really dealing with some debilitating OCD through Mm -hmm. most of high school. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of in and out of school a lot. I didn't really have um a lot of attention to give to academic things at all like because mm-hmm. i was just trying to like stay alive yeah so um the things like math and science where i'm not naturally interested or good at them kind of fell by the wayside mm-hmm. um but i was really lucky because i had at least one math teacher who was amazing and she would like stay with me after school to like try and help me get the concepts and um she 
basically said, if I see you doing the work, I won't let you fail this class. Cause she knew I was like trying she, I think I had gotten into Tish at that point. And she was like, I know you're not doing this professionally. I don't want to make it so you can't go to. Yeah. She wasn't going to be the bulldog like, yeah. teacher who's like, we'll see about Tish. No, she was amazing. Yeah. So, and so we're, I guess like that puts us in the frame of, uh, where, where was this? Did you grow up so that you would be going to Tish down the street or was it a big deal that you were <laughs> no, I, to I go went to, to uh, I went to school in the Bay area. Um, I, it's called Menlo. I went to school. It's mm-hmm. like South Bay area. Menlo Park? Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, or is it not it's in Atherton actually, but it's okay. called Menlo. Gotcha. And so it's right like on the border, I guess. Yeah. Um, I have my, uh, I have relatives who live in Redwood City, but my first time ever to the Bay Area, I stayed with my friend's sister who had a, an apartment in Menlo Park. So oh, that really? was my first yeah. place I ever lay down my head oh that's so nice yeah. that's exactly yeah that's exactly the area where i grew up and so it was a very preppy school it was a very sports focused school um so for me to decide that i wanted to go to tish was not something that was really in the um purview of anybody i knew mm-hmm. and like my family's not in the arts um how big is your family is it you have brothers me, and sisters? uh just one sister She's currently at USC, so I get to see her all nice. the time. Yeah, she's getting her master's in uh, video game design. Oh, wow. That's so great. How exciting. I'm really proud of her. No kidding. Um, so uh, just her and then my uh, parents and grandparents and everybody else was um, sort of like Jews in medicine. Like that's my that's my background. Everybody was doctors and um, therapists. That mm-hmm. was so it's not my mom is a social worker like it's nobody sort of had any clue of like, okay, Jenny wants to go into the arts. What the hell does that mean? (laughs) Um, And so I sort of decided pretty early though, that I wanted to go to New York. I think I just had this sort of like pull and like, Mm -hmm. like my parents took me to New York a bunch of times because it's where my my, uh, mom's family's from. And every time I went I was like I'm home like this is it from a really young age and that's like, how I, I felt when here. I went to San Francisco Isn't San funny? Francisco's a really cool city yeah too that's yeah but if I were from that area where are you who from? knows where I thought I'm from Arizona oh really yeah oh cool oh right duh you just said that oh, I'm no, so no, sorry no no please we're all over the place I, I mean, completely failed my reading comprehension oh I will on, uh, the ACT, I mean there's so. I have to use like th- that's a to your point earlier about making friends on the podcast, like thank God I do stuff like this because somehow it does record in my brain a little bit more than it would just out in life. Right. But I have to usually be told because it's contextual too, right? You, someone will tell you where they're from and then there's no reason for that to really stick unless there's some crazy story behind it. And yeah. then, you know, a year later you say, and you're like, Oh wait, where are you from? Like, there's no, you know what I mean? So right. there, so th- those foundational things, unless they, unless somebody talks about it all the time, like they constantly talk about where they're from. I don't know that that cements right. for anybody. I think Seattle people always talk about how they're from Seattle, <laughs> and, uh, and and people who went to Brown always talk who about went to how Brown. They went yep, to Brown. absolutely. So those are <laughs> so you know those people. And then if somebody's from Hawaii or Alaska, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also then, a good you know, point. Yeah. Also a good point. Yeah. Canadians too but sometimes they sneak up on you and you like you forget it until they're like don't you remember like that weird uh show we all watched uh-huh. called uh <laughs> Degrassi oh uh, well I love Degrassi oh was that so on I, for you uh it Degrassi the next generation okay was on I, I did that I missed 
all of that, even though it was on when I was younger. I I don't think it was on. I feel like it was not on in a place I could see it. But maybe it's it all was. on Netflix, and it's a really good binge watch. Is it? Yeah. Degrassi. Degrassi. It's not like fame, is it? It's like a regular high school? They, no, it's like a regular high school with like an unregular amount of drama. <laughs> like Sounds right. Like it's like a, this weird high school where everybody is just like very, very traumatized. Okay. That's okay. that's what Degrassi oh, is, which is exactly what young people want to feel right. like is relatable and stuff. I feel like my high school had a fair amount of drama, and I do want to get into your yes, absolutely uh, drama as well. My, yeah, um, that shit's real. So real. God knows we. Have, I've went through some weird stuff in high school and college, and people have lost. You know, people have done the podcast who lost family members. You know, during that yeah. point in their lives. How did that? Um, when did that start manifesting for you? Um, well, I actually, it started manifesting pretty much from like the second I was born. I've just always been this super anxious kid. Um, and then the first time I was like suicidal, I was about 10 and I didn't even know Jenny. No, it was, it's real sad to talk. It's it's real sad to talk about, but, um, I, you know, I was lucky again. I had a lot of people in the mental health world in my family. And so they helped me find a therapist and, um, you know, sort of helped me get treatment from a really young age. And then around the time, it sort of debated for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got better. And then I was bullied really badly in middle school Doesn't because help. everybody is. I think also like kids can sort of sniff out like who's nervous. Oh, sure. Like girls are sure. amazing at this. Yeah. Um, and then I, in high school, so around like age 15 or so, um, I just started having these horrible OCD symptoms and it wasn't really clear that that's what it was at first. Um, I um, developed a really clear panic disorder. So I started having these like daily panic attacks and then but kind of because of all that or like ancillary to that, I started getting really depressed because I was like, if I have to keep living in this brain every day, I don't want to keep doing it. I've been there. Yeah, it's like it makes me feel better in my adult life. Like all the coolest people I meet, <laughs> no. Look, I'm, I'm already about. tearing oh, up because no, no because yeah. like when I started having panic attacks, I was 18, and when I think about how little I was able to handle it then, and then I subtract years off <laughs> yeah. of that, and imagine that happening to little you, it just breaks my heart. It was re- no, it's it's funny because like it it wasn't something I even thought about as being sad for that age until I got older. I think just because I was sort of soldiering through it. Of course, that was your reality. That was whatever, you know, it doesn't mean you knew it as normal. It doesn't mean at the time you're like, this is cool, this is normal, but it it was your reality. It was the only one you had. So I, you know, I was really lucky. I had a ton of family support around it, but the community I grew up in wasn't one that really knew how to deal with things like that. And still, it's getting better, actually. Um, And I have gotten to be sort of a part of like figuring out how to help that community. Nice. Um, Just because I think it is a very image conscious Silicon Valley. It's like a very like um, high achieving people and everybody's sort of trying to like prove to each other like I'm doing great. And it's hard to be in that and feel like something's wrong. Like why can't I just feel like everybody else? So sure. And so high school was really tough for me and a lot of it's a little bit of a blur, but my sort of happy place was theater and British comedy. I like all those years that I sort of spent in bed. I like, um, I just watched a ton of, I just consumed everything and it was sort of my comedy education. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I didn't like, it's funny because I felt like I was playing social catch up when I got to college just cause I really hadn't, you know, dated or, or anything like that mm-hmm. in high school. Uh, but I had done a lot of watching like <laughs> old eighties British shows and, uh-huh. and that sort of thing. <laughs> like black adder black and, adder. and um, sixth grade. I was gifted uh, black adder as a DVD box set by an Australian family friend. Um, and watch the whole thing and at the end i just i swear to god i just turned it off and i was like i'm gonna write tv that's, that's what i'm awesome. gonna do i anything that fry and laurie or rowan atkinson have been involved in i've watched and, and yeah. like studied at their feet that's so cool um so that sort of was like was um, that another thing that um aside from the australian family friend <laughs> gave it to you like you were looking around for someone to be like hey guys am i right or did you have people who were like i mean monty python is sort of the right. biggest british crossover of friends of mine when i was in high school they had discovered monty python and right. and kind of could have conversations about that but not really but i had a live journal oh, and nice. i was really into like my little online like comedy community sure um a couple of people I ended up sort of crossing paths with later in life. Like one of them being like, did you used to have this? I'm like, yes. And yeah. we are going to just pretend we haven't read about each other crying about guys at play practice. Oh. Or, but I, um, I, so yeah, I was very into British comedy and I was very into musicals. And those were two things that sort of none of the people in my life were that into. So it was a lot of me roping people into it. My little sister got roped into watching, um, a bunch of TV shows and my friend Britt who isn't a big musicals fan. We're still, um, really close, uh, like to her credit, like really put up with me ask, like being like, you gotta listen to this thing. Or, uh-huh. um, or like when I discovered the mighty boosh and anybody who I could get to sit down sure. and watch, I was like, you have to watch this thing. And yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, cause so Facebook came out when I was like, 16 I guess and so social media and like YouTube started like happening kind of in middle to end of high school for me Mm -hmm. and that really changes everything just about how people consume and look at things because I was in my sort of own little incubator and strangers of candy was the other thing oh sure was like blowing my mind and that was on after school Uh uh-huh uh-huh so it was like uh but th- that was all sort of like in response to this feeling of wanting to escape my own head so badly. What, uh, do you mind if I ask what the OCD symptoms were? Oh, like? sure. I know I'm like a open book about this cause I spent so much time just doing uh, work in this space. But, um, I, so people like really think of OCD as just being about cleanliness and hand washing and it's those things. Um, well, we all have a sort of a crib sheet of like right. anything we haven't personally experienced. Like people think Tourette's is a certain thing. People think OCD is a certain thing. P- people think, you know what I mean? Like right. is schizophrenia is a certain thing. We sort of have these like little bubbles in our head. They're like, that's what that is. I guess that's what yeah. that is. And uh, totally exactly. somehow sometimes and often much more nuanced right. than that. Well, it's. So I had all of that and I had all of the like I'm I'm still hyper organized and I still uh don't love germs who does nobody's like a big <laughs> fan but um uh, but the other part that people don't talk 
about as much that you have these intrusive thoughts and that's sort of the thing that makes you want to do the ritualizing is you get an intrusive thought and then you feel like you have to do something in response to it Mm. and the intrusive thoughts unfortunately are really disturbing Mm. and like a lot of people I've talked to now with OCD have kind of corroborated what I was feeling which is like I must be a psychopath like I'm a serial killer and I'm a bad person and like I don't know what's happening and it was so upsetting being in my own brain and then I was also deathly afraid of getting sick and throwing up mm-hmm. like deathly afraid of it I mm-hmm. wrote an article um that sort of like started project you are okay in a weird way which was about my experience in exposure therapy for for my fear of vomit which is more common than I thought it was it's very common people who don't feel that they have anything else wrong with them have phobias about vomiting yeah which I had no idea because yeah. I, but like I remember, like I was just terrified all the time. I te- I um, tested my temperature obsessively. Mm. I would have to do that multiple times a day, um, and I like just wouldn't touch things other people had touched, and it was just not. So it was so exhausting. It's so exhausting. It was just exhausting to wake up and. Um, there's a lot I really don't remember, which is interesting. Did now. you were were you did, kind of being put on and taken off medications and stuff? I spent that can yeah, create I spent a nice all blur. Of high school, like trying different meds, and yeah. some of them I'm still on medication, but now it's like it works for me. Sure, and it doesn't disrupt my life. But I was on at least one or two where I just felt like I was like removed from my own life Mm -hmm. which and I don't want to scare people off medication because I think no no but it is it's it's but but also like it's okay to need to be medicated it's okay to know that that is a that testing process is maybe something to get through but not but like be very present to those symptoms and be have someone you trust that you can communicate that and it's also a piece of a bigger process like I don't think you can use it as a cure-all it has to be like part of an ongoing agreed um treatment yeah. plan of some kind yeah. and you know it's hard because the way our world is structured now i think we don't have not enough people have access to mental health care that's, 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 the that's truth. that comprehensive so um i just got really lucky and even under like the ideal circumstances of having a family that could support me emotionally and financially and in that it was still just hell yeah so i really i i mean anything anything i can do over the course of my life to help make that not be the case for other kids um but project you're okay was sort of just the the nonprofit i started a couple years ago that um is basically my way of reaching back to me in high school and telling myself it's okay because that's the one thing I wanted. And the the thing that really helped me actually, because I didn't know it was OCD until I got diagnosed. Um, and I looked at a checklist and I was like, oh my God, how did this person read my thoughts? And it's, a, it's so... This is me. Anybody who listens to my podcast uh, uh, reg- with regularity knows that you are saying the same thing oh, really? to me about what I had because I had something that was so weird. I thought I was crazy. What did you have? Do you mind? Um, well, my anxiety manifested in something that the big book calls uh, depersonalization displacement syndrome. Ow. Hold on, because that came later for me. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so that was my thing. (laughs) It's fucking awful. It's the worst feeling. awful. Yeah, it's absolutely one of the worst Mm. feelings. And for some reason, I avoided it until I was like 22. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I, okay, we got to talk about all this because mm-hmm. that's <laughs> crazy. It's my, that was that's my least favorite of all the symptoms, probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and it very much felt like how some of the meds made me feel. Yeah, it's that totally. feeling of being. It feels like you're on drugs, right? Or you're. I used to like when when people who'd never taken drugs didn't know. I would be like, you know, when you're you have a really bad fever. Yeah. And you feel like you're living in alternate reality, like you're in another dimension, but you yeah. can see everything that's going on, and you you know how to move your mouth but you're very aware and it feels like you're moving someone else's mouth like, like when being john malkovich came yes. out i was like oh my god is that what's happening to me that's totally yeah that's exactly that's exactly what it feels like yeah we're that's too so smart. interesting we're kid we're too smart if that is that our the brains, problem our brains have so the, the like the capability of being like i can do all of these regular things that other people do and i can also freak out about doing them <laughs> I have time to freak out about everything that's happening. Like I have time to just process and analyze and wonder and worry. And I really spend so much time now, like making sure, because I think I I do have a tendency to fill up my life with just a ton of things because I'm really afraid of stopping and I'm really afraid of being alone in my head and I'm trying to get better at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And New York was a place I think I loved in part because it's so loud. You can't listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you're living in an apartment in New York, you're not alone you're in the never same alone. way that you're alone in like a remote country home. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what I was kind of trying to just keep that. But you burn out after a while, yeah. too. Um, but so I heard Maria Bamford do a set about, do it was one of her like first albums that I got. And I was just listening to a ton of stand up at the time and her thing about if I clench my fists at odd intervals, I won't turn gay. I was like, oh my God, it's not just me. Yeah. Um, And of course, later in life, I realized some of the things I thought were like intrusive thoughts about women were actually me being queer, which was another whole thing I had to kind of contend with. But, um, but that thought that in particular, I like, I just held on to that. I was like, there's this cool stand up. She seems like her life is, she's doing a lot of cool things with her life that I would like to do with my life. If she's doing it, maybe I can too. And I looked at her and at, um, Stephen Colbert and at Robin Williams and um, Stephen Fry and a lot of other people. And I was just sort of like, okay, like they're doing, they're not dead and they're not doing, well, not dead at the time sure. in the case of Robin Williams, but, and they're not doing, um, they're doing more with their life than just sitting in in their parents house so that is a possibility and that mm-hmm. was so huge sure oh like that was the most comforting thing i could yeah, think of absolutely so yeah were you uh with the plays that just to go and also i want to hear more about project you're okay so that people can really get the gist of the nuts and bolts of it rather totally, than just yeah. um i'm i'm only allowing it to be this like ephemeral idea right now and i want to i want people to That's hear totally more okay. about it yeah. but um did you but but and this is a total like little sideways trip but i was thinking about your appreciation of, of british comedy and stuff and when you were doing stuff when you were in able to kind of check in with some elements of high school um and you were excited about theater were you doing things that scratch that itch or was it like, well, this is close enough. It is acting and performing and stuff. Or, but was it like plays where you're like, well, well I did there. I think I would have just done anything. Like I loved the feeling of being in a theater and being like play practice. I took it so seriously. 
Love it. Uh, it's rehearsal, mom. <laughs> it's a cast recording, mom. <laughs> it's a sketch. It's not uh, a skit. Like I was sure. And at some point, I'm like, God, I was just an asshole. But um, the the my school didn't have an improv team or anything like that and I tried to start one at one point it went poorly but then we did like a a sort of unit on improv and it was all sort of short form improv but I just loved it so much and I it was like maybe my happiest high school memory because when you're in a group like that you're sort of bonding with people and I felt a little removed from people because I wasn't very honest about what I was going through because I was embarrassed so doing things like that were really helpful and helped me feel like I had a place. And I used to spend a lot of time in the drama room and just putting on like special effects makeup on myself. And nice. um, I love that you guys had a budget for that, man. My, when I was in high school, my drama department was like, Oh, we didn't. We just had a couple of closets that had, I don't even remember. I mean, I'm sure we must've had stage makeup at some point when we were doing the shows, but did we? We didn't. It was, I think honestly, most of it came in from home from the awesome drama teacher. Yeah. um, My school just didn't put a huge importance on theater. It was very, like we had a great water polo team. (laughs) Like that was the school I went to. Sure. Um, But I think now they've actually, it's maybe gotten a little bit more, into the arts because we didn't even have our own auditorium at the time. There was a college that we used their auditorium. Mm. Um, And I think now there's their own. Um, But I got to do, I, I sort of dropped out of doing plays and stuff for a while just because I tried doing chorus and I was having these panic attacks on stage. And it was, I just remember that being a nightmare. Well, that's a, yeah. I mean, I still have that yeah. sometimes if I'm going through like if I'm overtired or I haven't eaten like those you find out what your triggers are, so to speak. Right. And but, you know, every once in a while, like I remember it happened uh, at the Thrilling Adventure Hour for me a couple of years ago for whatever reason. I think I like was on a weird schedule because I had been shooting or whatever. And I was on stage and I, I think I hadn't eaten enough. And I just suddenly like had a panic attack. And it that was sucks. it was. Again, it's like, it's so crazy because you can still, I was still reading words off the page, but I was broken out into a sweat yeah. and every part of me wanted to leave the stage and I knew I couldn't and I didn't, but you know, it was like, right. I was holding, I remember I was holding on to Mark Evan Jackson so tightly oh and afterwards gosh. he was like, oh, that was so fun. That was so great. And I was like, I hope I didn't squeeze you too tight. I had a panic attack and your physical presence was like my anchor to the world. So thank you for letting, he was like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like, what could I have done different? Like, no, 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 that was it. That's all I needed. I needed a human person who wasn't me in my head yeah. to anchor me to the ground you know I've, I've had that exact experience and it's also like you there's nothing to do you gotta keep doing it yeah and I most of the time I take an Ativan before I go on stage mm-hmm. because then I sort of I'm like I cannot physically have a panic mm-hmm. attack now and that just gives me the comfort to do it but oh yeah I totally carry like beta blockers like yeah. if nothing else I could always it's just like put one in my mouth blanket. it is yeah. a safety blanket and I like almost, I, I don't even use it that much anymore, but Same. it's so good to know it's there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've definitely had that experience on stage. And I, so I did, um, I did this uh, musical called Bat Boy my senior year. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I played uh, one of the leads and I was very, very proud of myself. Um, and 
during one of the performances the night they happened to be filming, I fell off the stage. Oh, fuck. And I hit my head oh, on one no. of the chair. Um, you can still kind of feel it. One of the chair armrests going down. And I got a concussion, but my like big song was next. So I got back up and I did it. But in the video, you can see my head is like starting to oh, swell. No. And like my hair is coming oh, out. No. And I ran outside and I like threw up. I bet. It was horrible because your adrenaline my adrenaline was doing through it, yeah. that song and but, then it was like but you can see me like leaning on because oh, i was so honey. dizzy you could see me leaning on the other person to scream because i was like you. i'm gonna fall over i feel it you. was such a nightmare it was still less bad than having a panic attack totally on stage. <laughs> but it, there's a reason for it right it's a physical reason i fell off the stage and i hit my head that's why this is happening anytime there's a reason that you're panicking i feel so much better mm-hmm. like i almost do better in like an emergency or in a Cause I'm like, Same. oh, there's like a thing. This there's- is what, when it, whenever something big happens, it's not like I wish it on the world, but I'm so glad I'm not the only one. Like I don't want it to have happened, but it already has happened. So I'm like, everyone's going through this with me. Oh my Wait, God, we're all in bit- this together. I'm a normal person right now in my panic. Since like November 8th, 2016, I've sort of been like looking around at everybody who's like, oh my God, we're all going to die and having like all this existential dread. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, but it's kind of nice because I get to be like, oh, come on in. Guess uh, what? Take a we seat. We can survive I, this. Yeah. God knows I have. Like, we could we could survive this. Yeah, but it's very um, it it is interesting. Just that, like, that was so having a panic attack on stage is like the most awful mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, because it's and and I don't want to dwell on this too far because I want to get back to a project you're okay and I want to ask you about crushes that you had and um, all things queer but uh, my least if someone said like what's your least favorite feeling I'm like oh dread dread right 100% dread because that's like it's not just like I can be anxious and I can be afraid but that's not a panic attack. The panic attack comes with the dread. Right. And dread is like your brain, you th- like it feels so real and it feels like your brain knows what's up and it's like, well, this is how you'll feel forever. And also life isn't worth living. And also isn't this just the darkest place I could possibly take you? And somehow that feels real opposed to yeah. being able to be like, this is going to pass. Like there's a, there's like a permanence to the temporary feeling of dread right. that is like, real insidious if you've ever taken like a bad edible it's the same yeah. feeling which why i don't take edibles 100 percent. but well um, my stuff started when i i, I smoked pot on same. one we occasion need, okay we this need is, to talk this is so soul crazy. sisters forever more amen this yeah is, i've never i've actually have not <laughs> talked to somebody that the exact same thing happened that's so crazy but yeah ah. like uh to me it's like appreciating how wonderful it is to be sober and like grounded in where you are and like under feeling like things are real is so huge Mm -hmm. that's such an amazing i'll tell you what i have come so far around that i am in a place now where i now i'm just starting to get to a point where i'm like you know what i think i'm like i like i almost am okay with not being sober at times and uh that feels like a tremendous victory to me we should have like a very cautious dude i just got there you don't even know okay amazing within the last two months within the last two months maybe less i just started letting my boyfriend blow a tiny bit of pot into my mouth and i just go like this (gasps) okay that's enough that's enough that's enough i'm i'm fine that's enough oh my god and and i'm just gradually like the tiniest exact same thing and my boyfriend is really sweet about it (laughs) oh my god we're 
would have to have a weird we hot to- party where they get really high and you and I are like, so I much. feel, I think I'm just imagining it because I didn't smoke like, any, but we'll like, just be like, I'm holding okay each other with like, are we high? <laughs> is this high now? Are we high? But if you're like me, what will happen is if one of us even starts to go, the other person will immediately turn into the savior. Like if I start right. to feel weird, but I'm not saying anything and then you go, I feel kind of weird. I'm going to be like, you feel fine. Like it will Same. totally bring me back I can't to like a safe place. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> guys we just met let me just be clear about this this is not one of my like longtime friends we just met like a couple minutes ago it's so nice to meet you it's so nice to meet you this is so cool betsy this is it that's so funny um but yeah so i and i didn't do any drugs in high school either like i was i did them all and that's why really that's probably well but then for me it started later so that's why i was like but wait didn't i already figure out I could do this why is this a thing well I think it's like there's something about your metabolism when you're yeah but if you were medicated also like I I wasn't medicated and then the second I started getting medicated that's the only medication I wanted anywhere near me right I I I didn't want to drink or you know I was like medicated and we were like playing with it all the time so it was like I just really couldn't and also Mm -mm, like don't throw another variable into that mix have gotten drunk with like who would have I (laughs) I was like just a I was like a really good kid because I was like, I can't do anything. Yeah. And also like, and you were never sent to like, cause I remember when I saw, I never, I had friends who were hospitalized and I had never got that far um, down the road. But I remember seeing girl interrupted and be like, I don't know why that's not me. Why was I not sent to it? How do I not did? How did I avoid that experience? I was not, but the only, but I didn't realize how close I came mm. because I think the only reason I wasn't is because there were mental health professionals in my family nearby. Who were watching me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also didn't realize until like college that I had been on suicide watch. Cause like my sister at one point, my mom was like going to the store. My sister sort of looked, I was like home from college. My sister looked at her like, should I stay? And I was like, no, I'm like an adult. It's fine. And Brooke was like sort of hesitant. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize like, Oh right. They never left me alone. Yeah. I, like, it's just it's interesting whenever you sort of look back and you're like there were all these things in place that were like saving my life that's Mm. I'm really lucky to Mm. be here and I think I have a lot of energy and enthusiasm for things now because it's like this borrowed time let's do it I totally get that so okay so tell me more about Project You're Okay that a couple of years ago what what does it entail and and all that good stuff so Project You're Okay I took like two years just out of writing and and comedy and everything and I was like what else is important to me what do I want to put in the world and I started this nonprofit that does digital content for teens and young adults who are struggling with mental illness so this is amazing I'm so excited about it so it's um there's a ton of videos it's um on the site and um it became this uh resource that was not only supposed to be like comforting but also help kids find resources near them and we did a lot of like i mean we were like really clear we're not mental health professionals but it was a lot of like kids would reach out to me on twitter or whatever mm-hmm. and i would figure out where they are and give them the name of somebody they could call near them or something like that and um it, in last year last summer i sold it to the child mind institute in new york and they're sort of running it now so Great. it's more of a formal mm-hmm. Um, mental health organization but it's gotten is that a relief a little bit was it nice to have some a bunch of people that could just go you know what we got yeah well I was just it was I mean it's so it was so tough because I didn't really know what I was doing I just knew that I wanted this thing to Mm. exist and then it got bigger than I sort of expected and I was like okay let's figure out how we do this and um 
I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do long term. And I'm a very, I was always like very focused towards writing and performing full time. And I just kind of lucked out that an opportunity presented itself to get back into the world of TV writing right around the same time that Project You're Okay was getting um, acquired. And that kind of allowed me to step away. And I still want to be involved. And I still, I have nothing but respect for people who work in um, nonprofits and in uh, mental health, especially full time. But, But I was like, this isn't good for my mental health to be spending this much time with teens who thought like I did I think I think well that's I, part of it is like we have, we have we I, I I go I sometimes I go to the place of like I shouldn't be doing something that's good for me if it's not good for everybody absolutely. I was like wait a minute you can't help other people if you're not doing what's healthy for absolutely. you absolutely and I I think I what I also have come to and that maybe this will help you too is like the thing that got me through is like the TV shows I love and like how many times I watched 30 rock and how many times I just, it's just comfort food. And I'm like, maybe I can give that to somebody else. hundred percent. So, but I I also like still want to be able to help in more direct ways too. And I'm glad I get to do that. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I, it's, it's still ongoing and it's still up there and it's project you are okay. Like the letters you are okay.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all the social media you can follow and a YouTube channel. And um, yeah, it's just a, I'm, I'm glad it's a resource that exists and it was a really challenging thing to start. But the thing I got out of it among many things is, learning how many people felt the same way and it opened me up because I think two years ago I would have never talked about this stuff publicly Mm. um but then I sort of realized that there's not only like people interested in hearing about it but people who relate to it Mm -hmm. and it's 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 really nice to be able to give somebody the feeling that like Maria Bamford gave me um and yeah it's so uh, yeah it's cool that's good <laughs> i i've just i i love and i just love the, your uh, your the whole expression when you think about it and talk about it, it is very exciting um yeah, i'm very very proud of it uh, as you should be please as you should be Thank no you. i agree i think that's i've said this so many times on the podcast but like if you go, if you if you're if you're going through a place in your life where you feel broken Boy, is it great to know you're not the only one. I mean, because so much about mental illness for me and I think it sounds like for you and for so many people is this insistence that your brain is, I don't know, I, I always like, I'm trying to be better friends with my brain. I've been talking about this a lot. Yeah. Like, I had a great conversation with Andy Richter about it on the podcast. Oh, cool. Uh, where he was sort of talking about co- co- cognitive behavioral therapy and those kinds of things. Um because I don't want to get mad at my brain for doing it. I don't think that helps, but I also don't want to feel like we're so unified that I can't argue with it. I want to be able to be like, cool, cool, cool. I know you're, for some reason you think that telling me that I'm going to die is helpful right now. Uh, That's a real holdover from like a version of me that's back in Lucy days where she was going to fall out of a tree and get attacked by a saber tooth tiger. That's not going to happen to me. Right. So let's put that in check. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. To be able to have those conversations. Um, But just that, that insistence that, that separation from the rest of the world, that insistence of like, this is just you, you're broken, you're a piece of shit, you're crazy no one gets this, you know, and it's just, it's such a tremendous relief when, you know, like, and I've even felt that way about things that haven't had anything to do with mental illness, just 
sorrows about our jobs and feeling rejected or family stuff going like, oh, wait, everyone has parents who are going to die. And that's going to be awful for all of us. And some of us have gone through it. And some of us have like all of those things, especially as I get older and you accumulate experience in a perfect world, you're also meeting and interacting with more and more people through your life and collecting those experiences and going like, oh, God, we're connected. We're all connected. This is I'm not by myself, even when I'm by myself. Like, that's a really special feeling. Well, and also realizing, as we're experiencing right now, that you make more friends by being honest with who you are and about, you have better relationships when you're honest about yourself and the other person can do the same thing. And I think I spent so many years, like through college, just being like, I just have to present this version of myself that doesn't have any of these things. I don't want to talk about the anxiety and I don't want to be that person. Um, and I just like for a while, I just wanted to be like the fun, like in college, I was like, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to be the fun person who throws parties and goes out all the time and like always has like, is just down for whatever. And I was like, that's the version people will like. And mm. then those friends kind of, petered out when the party ended and then I through you were okay and through doing things that like really mattered to me I started to get these really deep connections with people and I was like oh like we have these unique shared experiences and and you know about it and you like me anyway and that was powerful absolutely all right let me talk about some crushes here let's get uh where tell me how your hormones were reacting to all of this stuff that was going in outside of your body and how and being alone a lot and how like social structure at school wasn't feeling great to you where does like fantasy and crushes and you said you didn't really date so where does that all factor in were there periods where that felt dormant because there was just too much other shit to manage or were you having huge crushes on let me just throw Hugh Laurie out as an example. Uh, how the did you know that was exactly what I was going to say? <laughs> I was literally going to say my big crush was Hugh Laurie in house. Because he's my big crush also in oh, house. He's gorgeous. Also <sighs> as Bertie Wooster. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, Jews 100%. Um, <sighs> yeah, big old, big old Hugh Laurie crush to yeah. this day. Yeah, same. Um, I, yeah, I had crushes on the weirdest people. My big crushes were Stephen Colbert and Hugh Laurie. And uh, Roger Bart, the Broadway actor. Oh, sure. Yeah. God, I think he's done Sketchfest. Probably. Yeah, I think he came and did a celebrity autobiography, or at least we talked he's about it. Or so talented. Yeah. And I, I just like uh, love his voice. <laughs> but I so love this. I had like crushes on like older men. Me too. <laughs> and I'm older than you, so like mine were like these guys know but it was like kevin klein and steve martin were my number one yeah, crushes well, who, as like still, a 10 year old i was obsessed with them my i had a big crush on kenneth branagh in oh, his version sure, of hamlet in sure. like middle school listen if he had fuller lips i would have been right there with you but oh, for the, some the reason the you? lack of lips just could never i could Hilary never cross over nice, when he has a he, beard it's good Hillary has like a long philtrum like this yeah this, yeah this yeah yeah he lip. does yeah. i didn't even know that's what it was called but yeah. you're absolutely right yeah, I think I think thin. I was gonna, I was gonna say thin lips sink ships. <laughs> nope, no, yep. no, no. Yep, that's the. They phrase. sink those ships of my passion. Um, yeah, I think somewhere along, like I. That's why I love them both when they have facial hair because yeah. it sort it of hides completes it. the that, picture that makes a little sense. bit more down down in the Downstairs. down the downer face the downer face. <laughs> and uh, and Noel Fielding from the Mighty Boosh was a oh, big sure, crush of mine sure. as well. 
Um, have you met any of those guys now, like no, in what you've done? But I know I Rich Fulcher, so I, but I, I've never, but that's never he's extended the to. Funniest, he's it's crazy, amazing. Um, I haven't. I'm trying to think if I've met. There are definitely people who I was like a huge fan of in high school that I like later got to meet or work with, and I was like, this is the coolest. Well, yeah. um, Will Wheaton became like a spokesperson for You Are Okay, oh, nice. and I, I was Will. the biggest Trekkie, so I, that nice. was huge for nice. me. Nice. Um, and like he at like a comic-con panel like gave me a shout out and i was like oh my god well we knows my name like i knew that yeah. but it was so cool it never gets i don't think that stuff ever gets old i don't think i think it's just that the thing of like i exist it's that's that's what that is i completely um, understand and also for uh the show i write for i've gotten to write for some people who i think are completely hilarious and what's the show um, you write for for these uh, guys big hero six nice but it hasn't come out yet so i don't know who i get to say is on it yeah but, well um, we can safely say scott's on it we can safely say yeah, yeah. He's, one he's, of, he's a very close friend of mine uh, really yeah. oh he's so uh, awesome i haven't met him great. i've just seen him on skype sessions yeah yeah recording we gotta sessions. facilitate it yes please this is all happening yeah um but so um i had a big crush on this girl freshman year and she was in the gay straight alliance and i didn't think that was even in my purview of like a thing that was something i might ever consider but I knew were I you also to to like self-identifying at like when you're when something when the insanity is going on it feels also like oh that's what defines me and then it's hard it's like okay i love theater and i'm crazy those are my two things yes, those are, and there's no room for exactly. anything else i'm not i'm also don't i also don't uh, you know i can't be a part of this other thing that i wasn't do. like yeah i just wasn't like sexual because you can't really be if you're when you're going through something like that like yeah. that's not the part of you that's forming mm-hmm. and i think every crush i had was very like chased mm-hmm. very just like i think you're neat and i'm not going to think too much about it um until <laughs> senior year when i had i like by senior year i had been through a lot and i come out the other side pretty well and i got into college like by a mere like really just like on the basis of my portfolio and one of the people in the administration really liking me and what was your portfolio was so like it was all uh I wrote some very morbid little, uh, it was, well, it's, I wrote, I went to Tish for TV writing and it was all writing samples. And I, that was the one thing I knew I could do well. And, um, before my senior year, I went to like a summer program there and I met, uh, the head of the TV department there, Charlie Rubin. And he and I just like hit it off and he's still like my mentor. And, um, he basically told me like, keep your grades up. Like I want you here. And I was like, my grades are bullshit. Cause I've been, uh, <laughs> in and out of uh the psychiatrist's office for the last couple years and he was he just really believed in me and i that was such a blessing because i don't know what i would have done otherwise i wrote a really honest essay about like here's why there's missing parts from my transcript um so um yeah so senior year things were a little more normal and i did bad boy and the guy who played my uh husband on stage in bad boy was this guy named nate and i had the biggest fucking crush (laughs) (laughs) and i like i'm sure he knows because i almost even think i've talked about this on podcast before yeah not that he's like aware of me continuing to be a person all the time but um you never know nate could you come in here please oh he's he's just walking in he's being very silent (laughs) just tiptoeing on in no nate don't take your shirt off right well oh why do you you keep taking it off off. take it off you aged real well nate (laughs) okay you can go you can go (laughs) thanks nate thanks nate he's so quiet that was yeah what a sweetie yeah Mm -hmm. nice guy so you had Um, a big 
fucking crush, big on, crush him. on him and i would cry about it in my car while listening to let me kiss you by the smiths <laughs> and um that's what they're there for that's exactly what they're there for they really i really up. related to uh to Mara morrissey as mm-hmm. a 17 year old in california uh-huh. um <laughs> many do oh and uh i uh I I don't know how I managed to only have one tattoo of a song lyric from from that area of high school because I've considered so many yeah. of them. What do you have? How strange it is to be anything at all from in the airplane over the sea. That's very. That's if you're gonna. I'm glad that you made that very smart decision. Yeah, that's well, a good I one. I felt good about it because when I so I later so huge crush on Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I interned i completely lied i interned at the colbert report when i, I think was in college. i knew i think i knew that oh okay, yeah never mind yeah. so i interned- well no but these guys didn't know oh sorry so i interned at the colbert report and um he once a show because i would get to watch the show sort of from backstage and he would play um holland 1945 by neutral milk hotel which is from that album and that was when i was like okay it's okay that i like this band because sure colbert likes this band. sure and then i was like oh that's like the only cool album i like and then everything else is just like um, have you guys heard the cast recording from um the Xanadu original Broadway cast? <laughs> well, what about the Xanadu's original Broadway cast? It's a real show. Which version of Assassins do you prefer? <laughs> um, so I um, uh, yeah, it was really a big crush on Nate, and I don't remember talking to him or acting on it because he had a girlfriend. I knew that. Um. But I, I remember my drama teacher even saying to me, like, so uh, Nate, huh? And I was just like, oh, how, show? how does she know? Yeah. Who is this psychic? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I wasn't subtle. Uh, yeah. Like, I think I didn't know how to be subtle about a crush because I was just like enamored. I don't even remember like if anything happened that spurred it on. I just knew I was like, I get to do this part of the show where he holds my hand and I'm just going to be living for that part of the show. We didn't get sure. a kiss. I kind of pushed for it though. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do think I even said to my drama teacher like there's a part where it feels like it would be natural. <laughs> I was a late bloomer. I didn't get my I first kiss till I was like 20. How was it? Good. It was good. 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 Um, it was, yeah, but it was like, uh, I didn't tell him it was my first kiss till after. But I think that was the right decision. Yeah, I mean, but like 20 seems like old for it I, I guess i've heard i mean that's and um, that's one thing i've learned about because because of the era that i talk about with people on the podcast it is a very very wide range and frequently the people the, the super talented wonderful people that uh sit on that couch uh have very very late sexual experiences i then like very hit the ground running late. i was like how yeah. much can we do and sure. how short of a time can we do it in <laughs> sure it was like a that's but, a powerful feeling to let in for the first time and once yeah. you get the first out of the way it's kind of like uh what else do we check off like cool yeah. i'm in the club now yeah sex havers club yeah um but yeah high school like i don't think there was a conception of me as like a person who could have sex i think i just knew i had crushes on certain people and um Oh, it was the OC was really big when I was in high school. So um, Adam Brody and Olivia Wilde, who mm-hmm. was like, also being bi was like very cool when I was in high school. <laughs> but I was like too afraid that might actually be the case to like 
do that. So I would just like hang out at the Gay Straight Alliance. Like, I'm so straight, but I'm here. Uh, do you want to talk? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, it's funny because like I only came out to my mom, my parents like a couple years ago. And um, I think in retrospect, there were all these things where I was like, no, but like, you remember that thing? Like, that was me being like super queer. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I would imagine that even if you hadn't, uh, well, first of all, even if you hadn't gone through everything you did, the way you've described your family sounds like they would probably take that in stride with yeah. no problem. But like, also having gone through all this other stuff, like, it's well, kind of a drop in the bucket to be like, oh, I'm bi. Well, I'm think, sure they were like, great, I great. Think, I think to me, the thing is like, there's part of me that's like, I'm so complicated to sort of raise anyway. I don't want to add anything else. And but what is, well, I know. By I know. the time I told them I, I was know. like a yeah. 25 year old, like working and totally. having my own life. I think I just totally. didn't want it to be like another complicating factor or something. I totally get that. And like, I don't, my, my sort of defensiveness about that is not fair to parents either because just because I, feel it shouldn't be complicated doesn't mean that it's not complicated right. for your parents some no, parents they, I mean, you know they, so but you know they are great and they're really I'm I have I'm super lucky I have super cool parents um but yeah it just wasn't I think the other the other piece of it and I don't know how much of this is the case but SSRIs like really inhibit sex drive mm-hmm. and like that was something that I didn't quite like realize till I was like older and like sexually active, but I would imagine it played some role. I'm sure. And that's not good. Yeah. That's like not going to be the, I mean, right. They're not going to say a, to a 13 year old girl, like the first thing I should warn you about is you may lose your sex drive. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're not. Cause I don't think I had it. And then it like sort of didn't. Yeah. It didn't change it really. Yeah. Yeah. I was sort of like, okay, like <laughs> I'll just be over here. Like, uh, watching Garth Marenghi's Dark Place mm-hmm. and uh, yeah your brain your brain didn't get sweater, gobbled yeah. up by hormones in the same way that it did for many people no and then I turned life. like 21 and it was just like let's what I bet I bet I can't believe this but it has already been almost an hour I feel no. I gotta get into this mash game. oh shit we'll of course mash? I can believe it hell yeah but, uh yeah we gotta mash this out so um okay so okay so the first category we're gonna do for your mash is yeah. uh Let's just cut right to the chase. Three British shows Great. Um, from any era uh, that you can jump into and just live in that world. Oh, you're not okay, recreating cool. plots. You're just like hanging in that world. Three. Oh, I like that. Okay. So we're going to go with uh, Jeeves and Worcester first. The Edwardian uh, England. Great. Uh, we're going to go. We're not going to go Blackout. That sounds terrible to live in any of those eras. Okay. But we'll definitely go Mighty Boosh. Great. And um, let's see. I'm trying to think of something with uh with some cool uh cool. I guess I guess we can go Monty Python because I you know those cool like uh animated oh yeah Terry, uh, giant feet yeah stepping exactly on yeah Monty P. Great. Okay. Uh, next category is let's do three skills that you wake up with tomorrow. Um, and they're sort of real life practical oh, skills, cool. uh, that you wake up with tomorrow, like that you've downloaded, your brain is downloaded. Oh, that's so cool. Would like a great singing voice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Great. Uh, maybe like, uh, just super into working out. <laughs> Great. I would. I. Uh, 
I would love to be like a person who's like day couldn't start without the gym, but I'll tell you what, I'm not that person either. Despite the fact that there is a spin cycle sitting right there that I've not, I, I feel like so weird outing myself as having had that. I only got this fairly recently. I usually like to ride outside, but then the summer got so hot and I hate hot weather. Um, I'm not the person that's like, I'm not, I don't think I'm usually like, God, I can't wait to get my bike ride on. Sometimes I am, but it's just the, it's just aging into always knowing that 10 minutes in, I'm probably going to be really happy that I've done it. That's, you know what I mean? The person who like rises at five and is like, God, I can't wait to get on the treadmill. I don't know who that is. I tell you what though, but it's been great for my mental health. Physical activity has saved me in many ways. Walking is like the thing I miss the most, which is one of the reasons I'm excited about having a dog now because like I walked everywhere in New York. I like, I've been obsessed with reading uh, how I get it done from the cut. It's women like Martha Stewart and like Mm, all these like mm -hmm. fashion editors. It's like their schedule. It's always like I wake up and I make an omelet from the chickens in my yard. And I'm like Martha Stewart's magazine. I feel like I still have a subscription to, but uh, I f- I feel like I flip through it, and the only thing I really read is her calendar because it makes me laugh so hard, it's, and it makes me sick to my stomach, and I love it. It's like I've never like hated and been jealous of something so much at the same yeah. time. And they know, they they know, know yeah. when they're like trim the violets and then the next day it's like ride the horse and then the next day it's like milk the cow (laughs) and have a ceo meeting in new york you're like how is this happening it's like i you're living like anne of green gables and meanwhile if i'm on a deadline i'm like eating jerky and red bull Mm -hmm. like (laughs) i like i don't know if you're familiar with um amanda chantal bacon founder Mm -mm. of moon juice oh no no la smoothery amazing and um it's uh she wrote out what she eats in a day and i've never i think i've read this article more than i've read any other and it's all stuff about (laughs) how like she eats like the i make a delicate broth out of the like the mushrooms that I've harvested and I I use some purified activated charcoal to, and then, Oh, at one point she's like my three-year-old's favorite sushi restaurant. And I'm like, mothering a three-year-old while she's doing all this uh, yeah i'm like this many christmas i have a feeling all these people are leaving out all the assistants who are doing all the all this stuff I, but. i'm a hundred percent positive you're right and i will continue to tell myself that until the day i drop dead yes but um, the last skill i would oh, love yeah. to have oh, i totally forgot where is we were, I, working in animation i'm very jealous of people who can draw oh i would yeah. love to be able too. to draw i'm like First of all, I'm constantly hanging around the storyboard artist like, hey, you guys want to put me in? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if you just threw me in? <laughs> but like, I'm, I, I, it's so cool. I wish I could draw. I yeah, really can't. Me too. Same. Uh, okay. Next category is three uh, foods that in this world are not, maybe not great for you mm-hmm. or you're allergic or, you know, listen, you want to be able to eat it in perpetuity, but uh, you would probably get sick after a certain point. I want you to know that's not going to happen in this universe. Oh, man. I and love it could be universe. also the obscure thing that you had one time that you're like, why have I never been able to recreate that? Yeah. That can also be an element to it. Like snap of your fingers. There it is in perpetuity. Well, right now I'm on this like pretty strict diet. So this actually is like This is for your fantasy life. I'm allergic life. to blueberries and I would love blueberry pancakes. Right. I have missed those. Um, also, uh, I just want a big old thing of fries, like McDonald's fries. Yeah. I just wanted that the past couple That's days. That's what this is for Ugh. right here. And Get um, it all out. God, what's terrible for me that I want? <laughs> uh, um, it's so funny because I can barely think about it because all I've had is like broccoli and like a chicken breast. Okay, um, I get it. 
you know what? I want to try that cookie dough ice cream. Place. Oh, sure. That that's just they just serve you like a big thing of cookie dough. Great. So what cookie dough? Great. Great, great, great. Okay, let's do alternate universe, uh, sexy times, companion, husband, wife, however you want to think about it, and it can right. be different for each person. Um, but three, I'm happy to put Hugh, Hugh Laurie on there Ask for please, you. Yeah. With a so bullet. this is in a world where I'm like just I'm uh, like single and have all the yeah okay. endless possibilities. Oh, like the three biggest crushes, Kate McKinnon. Great. And uh. Michael B. Jordan. Great. Yeah. I like a spread. You like a spread? I like a spread. It's yeah. great. No, listen, you really covered it. This is fantastic. Really covered it. I like to cover my bases. It's fantastic. Um, okay, next category for you is three. Um, now I'm going to stretch your improv legs a little bit on this yeah. one. Three musicals. Great. Never before made. Right. You wrote them. I wrote About them. whatever. Okay. Uh, the first one's called. Um, uh, don't call it a horse. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's shockingly good. It's very experimental. It's about, uh, it's about a, it's a Western, it's a Western mm-hmm. musical. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Okay. It's a Western themed musical about a town that doesn't have any horses and they're trying to, they got to dress up their other animals so that Great. when the sheriff comes by, Great. they have enough horses. Great. Okay. Cause God knows what will happen to them if they don't have enough. They'll horses. shut down the town. They'll shut it down. Uh, the next no one Morris, I love it. is, uh, let's see, uh, I would love to do a musical about the life of L. Ron Hubbard. So oh, maybe it's called, yeah, uh, no yeah, that's brilliant. Of course. I mean, it's called L. Ron or like, uh, the Admiral or whatever, oh, Ad- whatever he yeah, made people he call him. The, yeah, was it he that did. or was he it called, the Admiral? It was the Admiral. Okay. And, uh, the best thing in this entire universe is, um, Andy Daly on, uh, Dead Authors Podcast, the two parts. <sighs> I've listened to that so many times. It's the so funniest good. thing in the entire world. So that's that would be one of my musicals. Brilliant. And then um, the last one is called uh, "Sure Is." They're all <laughs> and it's a it's a clueless ripoff. It's not the oh, clueless musical. <laughs> sure, sure. And it's but it's a uh, it's like very it's in that vein. Yeah, that's great. Um, and it's at the theater under St. Mark's every okay. third Tuesday. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Those are my musicals. Sure is. I love it. Um, <laughs> that's very satisfying for me. I'm very happy right now. Okay. Uh, next category is three places you could have a vacation home. Um, and they can be uh, fictitious places. It could be like a next door to Hogwarts or, you know, yeah. the Middle Earth area. Right. Anything like that. West Village. I just want a West Village brownstone. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. It's so bougie, but it's all I want. It's very bougie, but I have to say, it really does, like, when you're walking around in New York, you feel like you walk through an imaginary magical gateway where suddenly things are calm. I, like, I don't know how they've managed to achieve that all this time, but fuck if it ain't true. I don't know, man. When you walk, you're like, you know you're in the West Village when suddenly your blood pressure slows and you're like, there's like ivy and I feel very uh, relaxed and privileged right now. What is happening? Like, I feel great right now. I want to buy my dog a sweater. I can't stop myself. If only there was a store on every corner. Oh, good thing there is. Yeah. Like, that's, like, I want that. Yeah. So much. I get it. But it's, it's a level of uh, financial uh, 
capacity that I, I can't even comprehend it I, in a way, you know, you, you have to have been on Coke in the eighties to achieve. That's like, right. it's not something That's I right. think you can do. Or your now. parent, it's your parents. Or it's your parents. Yeah, your exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, it was like, Oh no, it's rent controlled. I play, pay like yeah. seven fifty a month. Yeah. Like, fuck Bastards. you. <laughs> Die That's and true. leave it to me. Yeah. Um, West so Village, that's great. One of the places, Positano, Italy. It's one of okay. the other places. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, is it on the coast? It is. It's on the Amalfi Maybe coast. Positano sounds like, is that the place from Enchanted April? I don't know what that is. Or is it close? You should see What's that movie. Leave? Okay. Because there's a bunch of great people in it. I mean, just for you being kind of an Anglophile in terms yes. of like people like this, like when this movie came out, um, I was in, I'm sure I was in high school. Um, and it's, it was all people I'd never heard of before. Uh, but it was like Jim Broadbent, Miranda Richardson, oh, uh, Alfred Molina, How Joan Plowright. And yeah. it's uh, Polly Walker, Polly Walker, I Polly think. Polly Shore? Polly Shore was not in it. <laughs> oh, okay. Polly Shore was not, Polly Shore was great. He was like the bus boy who, <laughs> um, and it's about, uh, God, I want to say it's Positano that they go to, something very similar to that. It's like yeah. drab, uh, it's and it's a period piece, so it's like in right. the sort of I'm maybe like the 20s or something. Um, like, oh, and you know who else is in it? Uh, oh crap! Oh god, she's so great. She was on Whose Line? Oh, oh shit! Jody yeah, yeah. Uh, Joan, jo- Julie, Joan. Uh, you know who I'm talking I do about? Know the brunette. About. Yes. Very funny. Josie. Josie. Jo- something. It's definitely Josie. Yes, and I don't know what she her is last in it. I know who you mean. And she's the star, basically. But it's like, a, and and it's it's drab, bad weather, England, like has a merchant ivory kind of feel to it. She suddenly gets a wild hair and is like, I'm gonna, I want to rent this villa in Italy. And she gets these other two women to agree to do it. And so these fussy, fuddy duddy like British women go to this Italian coast and it's just them sort of unfurling. Oh, I love and then their that. husbands show up. Oh, it's charming. It was a real like They're like, stop being so silly. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> um it's uh it's just lovely. It's very female. Like it feels very. I'm sure a woman. Maybe not, but I feel like probably a woman directed. But it, it's it was for me that was one of those like um, comfort food oh, movies where like if I was this. really depressed or anxious, I could watch it. And Let's be watch like, it while just a little bit high. <sighs> yeah, great. That's great. Deal. We'll feel so safe. It's yeah, great. it'll be the safest. Um, so then, that's uh, great. Okay, so post it on Italy. The Panda Preserve. Oh, wonderful. I love pandas. And if I had like a dream trip i could take i would want to go to the panda pres- the changdu panda preserve in china yeah, great hold a panda great listen it could happen at least I, via mash i believe that at the very least via mash uh now let's do uh three alternate universe buddies yeah um oh, like living best, or like dead friends? or yeah. yeah living or dead it could be a character from something okay. not necessarily the actor who does it or you know a character from a book anything like yeah. a superhero anything like that three that uh, would be awesome to just hang out leslie with or- nope because I think she'd just be the best friend. Great, great, great. And um, uh, right now, my biggest friend crush is probably Michaela Cole, who does that show okay. Chewing Gum. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's amazing. It. It's on Netflix. It's oh, a British yeah. comedy. She's so oh, phenomenal. I gotta make a note to myself to watch that. You'll, yeah, you'll love it. She's Sometimes things so just talented. disappear from Netflix. It's like, weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where it's I not do. being recommended to me, even though I feel like it should, yeah. based on other things. And somehow you don't like, it just, it's not, I'm not seeing it as a scroll, but it appeared and then now it's gone right. from my cute, like from my, that, my Netflix world. Maybe uh, David Bowie? Great. Great, great. Yeah. Great, great, I great. love David Bowie. Rightly so, man. Rightly so. 
Okay, and then last, woof, last category. Hmm, be tough. Um, let's do the, the let's do the wherever you live now. There is a sort of like a Harry Potter esque room of requirement where it, it doesn't invade your space and universe. It's like you're walking into this sort of alternate dimension, and uh, there's a room in your house that you can walk into that can be anything. It can be totally magical. It can be very practical, but you have this extra room that um, three different purposes. Oh, occur. okay, great. Uh, first one is movie theater. Great. Second one is. Please say holodeck. Please say holodeck. Oh, I, I I didn't know holodeck was an option. The holodeck that could be anything all the time. That's why I suggest it, and I only suggest it because I know that you liked TNG. Yes, oh, obviously, but then that could be a movie theater too, right? Well, that's true. But if you don't get holodeck, at least you'll have that's covered true. your territory over here with and movie theater. And then the last one, category. you know what I want? I want just like a Pinterest room that I can just take Instagrams in and make my <laughs> life look really good. Great. The old Pinterest room. <laughs> Great. Okay, uh, you know I got to do my little squiggle yes, so that we figure so out your number. Yeah, so you so just tell me. Yeah, you just right. tell me when to stop. And stop. Okay, great. I'm going to pause this. Okay. Do some very important calculations. Mm-hmm. Come back with your 100% guaranteed so mash future. This is huge. It is kind of huge. Okay. All right, listen. I feel great about this really now. Excited. I do want to tear this band-aid okay. off. Which is a part of me wilted when I had to cross out Hugh Laurie. I'm so sorry. But yeah, never fear because you ended up with Jeeves and Wooster. So you didn't really not have You do still have him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Well, I have have the character of him. Right. You have the character of him. So you not only get, I feel you not only got him, but you also got Kate McKinnon and it couldn't have gone the other way. It couldn't have gone the other way around. And we can go hang out with Bertie Wooster who would have been a bad partner. That's right. He's the worst version of of, uh, Hugh Laurie to date. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. But you know what? Use him. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You know Literally. Go over Use and him. just like. Make him not have, that have smart. passionate love with yeah. you. He's not that smart. And Give, you can feed him lines of other Hugh Laurie characters. Right. Now say this. <laughs> now look. Now, now now diagnose me. Um, oh yeah. It's not lupus. <laughs> I know I came up with three other illnesses that it was over the course of the show. But now right at the end I'm finally sure that it is lupus. <laughs> Uh, okay, I want you to uh, rest assured that you can also visit, um, you can take uh, Kate with you or anyone to your vacation home, smack dab in the Panda Preserve. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's that's in amazing. the world it's of the most magical. Jesus and Worcester though, still. But the Panda Preserve is there, right? No, no, it's different. It's a totally separate thing. Oh, you I didn't can, realize. You can visit, you can jump into the world <laughs> Oh, okay, cool. But aside, but aside from that, you also have a vacation home in the Panda Preserve. I was thinking it was Please. a lot more of a thing of like, um, of like all the people in Jesus and Worcester being like, well, what ho? What are these? <laughs> what are these strange black and white creatures from no, China? You don't, you don't have to cross over any of these categories unless you want to. Okay, That's what great. I have to say right now. Uh, for example, uh, you, nobody else but you has to can enjoy your holodeck if you yes! want to. Yes. Yeah. The holodeck's becoming That's a Pinterest infinite room. wishes. That's yeah. infinite wishes. Um, I. I loved your musical about L. Ron Hubbard, and <laughs> oh, I know it was a smashing success. <laughs> we should write that. We should write. Actually, there's a demand no, for that. Great. I 100 de- percent know there's, there's a demand for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think someone Andy probably Daly playing L. Ron Hubbard yeah. in a musical would be the. It would be the shit. The greatest thing that's I couldn't ever agree happened. More. It's just and there's just like <sighs> a whole act at sea. Yeah, someone is already on this. 
but we we'll do a better one. <laughs> we think we might have to. Uh, what have I not told you about? That's wonderful. Uh, you're an amazing illustrator. Oh, that's so good to hear. I like to imagine you sketching the pandas. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want you to feel very confident that when you are doing all these various things, having a great time, some of which probably you will bring your BFF Leslie Nope along for. Hell yeah. She'll you, love it. You uh, have a limitless supply of delicious, salty Mickey D's fries. Oh, that sounds really good. And it's, oh, sorry. And then you're, oh, <laughs> I just realized I forgot Mash's Mansion Apartment Jack House. Weirdly, you have an apartment in the Panda Reserve. You know, that's okay. A it's lot. like a tree house. It's like a, yeah, it's it Basically, it's like their, their lower unit is theirs on the ground. <laughs> right. And you have the upper unit. There's which like is a the panda landlord who comes by. Yeah. And just like, like, oh, he's like, oh, he's in his bathrobe again. Does he ever right. get dressed? Like, oh, that's this guy. Come on. I, I told you I'll have the rent that yeah. I'm making from my career as an illustrator slash musical writer. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, wow, Jenny. That's really what beautiful. a roller coaster. That makes it sound like there were bads. There's no bads. There's no bad. It was a roller coaster of, of just exciting just the thrills right it was no like chills. a roller coaster that only I goes get up chills. yep <laughs> hmm. I, I don't know why i'm not willing to abandon the uh, metaphor i'm not willing to abandon Keep the roller coaster even though like in every way i backed out of it only goes up so it's a roller coaster you're on forever <laughs> forever how horrible you're trapped on a roller coaster oh that's forever. my it's nightmare my worst fear. i hate roller coasters me too but I love watching videos of ride first person ride throughs on roller coasters. Oh yeah, I like those too. And also anything in Disneyland except for I haven't done the one that loops Mickey's face yeah, and me too. cut. But like everything that's on the other side well, that Disneyland I grew up like going my, to, so super I safe. I got the perks on on uh, on Disney because oh shit, yeah I know. Uh-oh. That's the that's the. The yeah. working for Disney part. God, I gotta get on that. Um, thank you so much. Uh, to, oh, okay. Listen, thank you. Yes. W- w- really quick, please tell everyone about the IFC show yes, because so that is that was the principal reason that right. we got that we that's the reason we met in the first place anyway. And um, and I want everyone to watch it. I uh, I created and star in a show called Neurotica that is currently uh, you can see on IFC.com or also uh, it's on Facebook. Great. You can watch it on Facebook. It's called Neurotica, which is like neuroses plus erotica which is more or less um my mid to late 20s and uh it's it's fun i play a dominatrix with ocd and a uh a pluck in her step who's trying to save her mom and pop dungeon from the mega dungeon moving in next door great so if you like you've got mail and getting hit you'll <laughs> love neurotica <laughs> um, yeah, and sure. uh you can find me on twitter at jenny jaffe and uh, you can find Project You Are Okay at projectyouareok.org. Guys, you got a lot of homework to do. And I'm talking about the best kind of homework. So get on it now. I look forward to hearing your feedback. <laughs> thank you very thank much. You. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank I'm thank so you. sorry. This, uh, I hope this was okay. This is fine. This is really fine. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.